0: Good evening. Presidential candidate Bob Dole is dead in ninety-eight. Violent clashes in Paris as far right and progressives clash. Fugitive parents in the Oxford School shooting are caught. Did anyone help? And a blow for opponents of a plan to clear cut a thousand trees on the Lower East Side. With these and other stories, I'm Paul Dirienzo with the WBAI News for Sunday, December fifth, twenty twenty one. Bob Dole, who overcame disabling war wounds to become a sharp-tongued Senate leader from Kansas, a Republican presidential candidate, and then a symbol and celebrant of his dwindling generation of World War II veterans, died today. He was 98. During his 36-year career on Capitol Hill, Dole became one of the most influential legislators and party leaders in the Senate. He shaped tax policy, foreign policy, farm and nutrition programs, and rights for the disabled, enshrining protections against discrimination in employment, education, and public services, in the americans with disabilities act through all of that he mar- carried the mark of war charging a german position in northern italy in 1945 dole was hit by a shell fragment that crushed two vertebrae and paralyzed his arms and legs the young army platoon leader spent three years recovering in a hospital and never regained use of his right hand and we'll have more on that story in the days to come thousands of protesters marched through saint uh, saint saint Denis, paris on sunday to protest over a campaign rally by right-wing presidential candidate eric zamur the march ended in violence after the right-wingers attacked anti-fascist protesters participants could be seen chanting slogans waving flags as they made their way through the suburb of northern paris where the demonstration occurred the march was organized by over 50 organizations including radical groups similar to the group antifa in the united states Thank you. Zemmour has gained strength in recent months, starting to siphon off supporters from far-right National Party leader Marine Le Pen, who has long said she would run for the French presidency next year. Among Zemmour's plans, if elected, are to force immigrants to assimilate French culture rather than keeping their identities. French President Emmanuel Macron, who defeated Le Pen in the 2017 presidential runoff, is expected to seek a second term, but is yet to declare his candidacy. Meanwhile, in the United States, following the beat of a snared drum about 100 white supremacists, Goose stepped through downtown Washington, D.C. last night, chomping down the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, chanting, Reclaim America. The group, calling itself Patriot Front, had problems getting out of town, as reported in the Daily Beast. The ride couldn't hold hold enough of the group, and many were forced to wait in the cold for hours for the truck to return. They were in a uniform of sorts, white gaiters, sunglasses, blue jackets, cocky pants, and brown boots and hats. Some wore plastic shin guards as if expecting violence. Patriot Front's leader, Thomas Rousseau, was booed as he spoke near the Capitol reflecting pool.
1: You can see they've brought the helicopter out. There's tons of police. Thomas, why are we marching in D.C.?
2: Our demonstrations are an exhibition of our unified capability to organize, to show our strength, not as brawlers or public nuisances, but as men capable of illustrating a message and seeking an America that more closely resembles the interests of its true people.
0: Once known as Vanguard America, the group changed its name after a man affiliated with the group murdered a woman at the notorious Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. Founded by an ex-Marine, the group is said to want to return to an early American ethic where white men rule. One of the most active white supremacist groups in the nation, an investigation in 2019 by ProPublica found secret chats where members of Patriot Front embraced a gunman who killed 22 people, mostly immigrants, in Texas in 2019. The shooter left behind an anti-immigrant manifesto. Patriot Front formed after the killing of Heather Heyer at a Charlottesville anti-racism protest. At the time, they called uh, the Unite the Right rally a public relations nightmare. A number of groups involved were found responsible for the deaths and injuries in Charlottesville and a civil action last month that awarded victims $26 million. In New York City, the words Patriot Front were stenciled by vandals on a statue of George Floyd, who was killed by a former cop in Minneapolis last year. No one has been uh, arrested in that. And a Detroit-area artist whose studio was a brief hideout where the parents of the Oxford High School student charged in a deadly shooting were found by police is cooperating with authorities. His lawyer says he didn't know the couple had stayed overnight. James and Jennifer Crumbly face involuntary manslaughter charges, but the couple's attorneys say they didn't intend to flee. Countering authorities accuse them of eluding capture for their alleged role in a school shooting that killed four students. Detroit Police Chief James E. White announced the arrest.
3: Yeah, we got a tip that they were here, that possibly the the fugitives were at this location. The vehicle was spotted. Our officers responded in in a matter of minutes. Uh, When they got here, they set up a perimeter, did surveillance. We notified and activated our Metro Division, our special response team. They came out, and they were able to uh, take the uh, fugitives into custody. Well, they they certainly appeared to be distressed, as you can imagine. As I indicated, you know, they were in a commercial building in a room. We were able to take them into custody without incident, and, but ho- however, they were very distressed as they were walking out.
0: At a news conference today, he gave more information.
4: 1.30 in the morning, the uh, two suspects were taken into custody at 11 Bellevue in Detroit in a commercial vehicle. They were in an art studio within that uh, building that has multiple kinds of partitions, if you will, in that building. They were taken in custody, as I said, at about 1.30 in the morning. Our fugitive apprehension team uh, took custody and possession of them. So they are in our jail, all three of them, the son and both parents. They are segregated, each individually, in isolation. We have advanced watch on them. Uh, There was no indication that any of them were suicidal. We believe they were assisted in that Uh, location to get there, to get in. And uh, we're gathering that information and present that to our prosecutor for potential charges for either aiding and abetting or obstruction of justice.
0: And that is Troy Police Chief James E. White. The couple then appeared in court where they pleaded not guilty and their bail was set at $500,000 each.
3: That's
1: what you the see bond it? for Jennifer Crumbly at $500,000 cash surety, no
2: 10%. These are not people that we can be assured will return to court on their own.
1: We are prepared to defend this case. They are absolutely taking this case seriously. They are devastated by the events in the Oxford, um, in the Oxford incident. Your Honor, we know from uh, the facts that Mr. Crumbly purchased this weapon for his son.
5: That gun was actually locked. So when the prosecution is stating that this child had free access to a gun, that is just absolutely not true.
1: And how
3: are you pleading to count one?
5: Not guilty.
6: Not guilty.
1: Again, the court will accept the plea of uh, not guilty for all four counts.
0: On Friday, Oakland County Prosecutor Karen McDonald's office made the rare decision to file charges against Ethan Crumbly's parents. Prosecutors accused them of failing to intervene on the day of the shooting, despite being confronted with a drawing and chilling message, blood everywhere, that was found at their son's desk. They could each face up to 15 years in prison. And a judge ruled Friday that Ahmad Al-Aliwi Alisa, charged with killing 10 people at a Colorado supermarket earlier this year, is mentally incompetent to stand trial and ordered him to be treated at the state mental hospital to see if he can made well enough to face prosecution. Boulder District Attorney Michael Dowdry said he's clearly deteriorated.
1: And in particular, this most recent evaluation being an incredibly thorough and detailed report that I believe the best course of action at this time in order to ensure justice is done, is to have him sent to the state hospital as quickly as possible and restored to competency so we can get him back here and move forward with the case. I'm confident that he'll be restored to competency, that through medication and treatment, as I talked about in court earlier, that he'll be returned to competency and able to face responsibility for the crimes he committed on March 22nd.
0: And that's Boulder District Attorney Michael Dowdry. The uh, ruling halts virtually all proceedings in the case indefinitely. Lisa is not scheduled to be back in court again until March 15th, nearly a year after the shooting. And United States health officials said today that while the Omicron variant of the coronavirus is rapidly spreading throughout the country, Early indications suggest it may be less dangerous than Delta, which continues to drive the surge of hospitalizations. President Joe Biden's chief medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, told CNN's State of the Union that scientists need more information before drawing conclusions about Omicron's severity. Reports from South Africa, where it emerged and is becoming the dominant strain, suggest that hospitalization rates have not increased alarmingly. Fauci said thus far, it doesn't look like there's a great deal dear degree of severity to it. But he continued, we have really got to be careful before we make determinations that it is less severe or it really doesn't cause any severe illness comparable to Delta. And you're listening to the news on WBAI New York. I'm Paul Durienzo. Closer to home on the lower east side of Manhattan A legal uh, legal appeal seeking to stop the $1.45 billion East River Park anti-flooding project was rejected by an appeals court last week. On Tuesday, the Appellate Division First Department ruled the project that would result in losing the park for years and clear-cutting nearly 1,000 trees was not an alienation or removal of the park from public use requiring approval from Albany, but just a renovation job. Last night, WBAI attended a nighttime meeting of activists, a meeting in the dark, of activists committed to stopping the project and replacing it with their own more environmentally friendly alternative. The fight over the park has pitted the de Blasio administration and the local city council member against neighborhood activists who say this is a question of preserving indigenous lands and a way of life that respects nature. A local resident, Emily Johnson of Alaska's Yupik Nation, says the city made it clear that they want to start clearing the the trees.
5: I personally am not privy to their uh, inside information, but I imagine that they want to um, start destruction as soon as possible. And actually, on Friday, some sapling pine trees were uprooted here in the park. And so to me, that's a pretty violent beginning to what will be this destruction. We have been able to rescue those pine trees and they have a new home where they will be protected but that just kind of that shows me I mean I know that this plan is violent but that a worker was told to uproot those trees he said he was sorry about it, and I believe that, but that he was told to do it. And so that that's the story that was relayed to me, and that's what I understand of this plan, that there is violence. The, what do you
3: think is going to happen in response?
5: A group gathered here tonight in the dark <laughs> at the amphitheater in East River Park because we are here to defend land. I am an indigenous land defender. To me, that means, I mean, the land is no different than my life. The land is no different than uh, my love. The land is no different than my body. The land is no different than my, my spirit. and so we, in my mind, that's what we're here to defend. We're here to defend this land, and we're here to defend the health and spirit of our community as well. And so that's what we will do.
0: There might be civil disobedience.
5: I assume there might be.
0: People chaining themselves to trees. And-
5: we've chained ourselves to trees at City Hall. We've written letters. We've come together in love. We've done resistance planting. We're taking cuttings from the trees that we dearly love here. We've held ceremony here. Um, we've Written letters, we've written articles, we've written songs. (laughs) We are doing all of the things that humans do when they meet um, with violence. We come together. This
0: is beyond, has nothing, has very little to do with flood control or projects. This is about controlling this neighborhood. Absolutely. Absolutely once and for all. Absolutely, and yeah. And For later struggles that will be bigger even. Than this.
5: Absolutely, and the day that we came together, where they were supposed to quote start the deconstruction, the destruction, so there were about, I don't know, six or seven of us <laughs> sitting at the tennis courts, which is where the construction company was starting their staging, and they sent like 50 cops with like 14 police cars, I don't know, it's on the video that I took. Like, And, and that I mean it's always surprising when you're met with that, that much force, but also in a way not surprising. The reason that that many cops were sent is because we're defending land, and that relates exactly to what you're talking about. The con- this country was founded on stealing land. That is what this country knows. That is how this country continues its extractive existence. So every politician, Carlina Rivera included, is involved in that extractive policy. And that's exactly what is happening here. They want this land. This is not about flood control.
0: That's obvious. Local resident Emily Johnson of Alaska's Yupik Nation. Uh, she spoke with WBAI last night. Long time uh, Lower East Side resident Tonto says he feels the city's project is a scam to help developers and that claims that they want to build the project to uh, protect housing projects along the park from flooding are actually
6: a red herring. I went to every single blocks around here. There's no bike path detours. There's no big orange signs around the neighborhood. I talked to the captain of the precinct. He said he's going to look at it. The parks of home, I talked to them already. No so other places to do you have any sort of recreation. No, here? there's nothing around here. They just try to take the park away because we fought here when there was drugs here. We fought here when there was pimps here. We fought here where everything was really bad. So now you clean up the neighborhoods and they uh they want to take the <laughs> plagues away, like Harlem. They took away Harlem because they took away the crimes. I went to I went to a lot of meetings before Harlem. And I said, "Why are you taking out? Of- we're here fighting for everybody. Now you're gonna take kick us out?" So I, called, I my new thing is, we're we are cleaners. Oh, okay, we cleaners, but we cleaners for ourselves, not for everybody else. So that's the that's the only thing I'm here for. I mean, there's another thing is they are using nature as a pawn because they saying, "Oh, nature!" Uh, we're saying people for NYCHA. That's the housing. NYCHA, the New York City housing, uh, public right? Public housing. Wow. And so I. I put in my Twitter page, I put in an Instagram page, I put Facebook page. I says where were you twenty years ago when there was lead problems, when there was more problems, when there you know, no heat, no literacy. So why you talk to them now you use them as a pawn because you want to park away from you know us.
0: And that's Tonto who lives on the Lower East Side. At the meeting last night residents planned for possible arrests tomorrow, Monday morning at six thirty AM. Uh, where they expect the city to come and start putting up fences to prepare uh, uh, for cutting down the trees in the southern half of the park. Uh, Some were making preparations to be arrested.
2: The experience of a novice getting arrested, it's not as intimidating as it sounds. You do get water, your choice of water and Coca-Cola and potato chips. It's my experience the cops have been quite gentle, especially when you let them know, like me, that I'm old and I'm full of arthritis, but I'm just throwing out some ideas here. Everybody might have either Instagram, Facebook and or Twitter. OK, you guys post about this post, post, post about this.
0: And that was from the meeting last night. Tommy Loeb is with East River Park Action. He says the uh the city is planning an appeal. The, pardon me, he says the group is planning an appeal to the state's highest court, but they need to save the trees from a possible city fate. accompli.
3: Last week, the appellate division uh, essentially ruled against us, which most of the legal experts have, who have looked at this, who are familiar with state alienation, and we're still talking about alienation, say that the appellate division has basically come up with a uh, new precedent and new law. Because again, just to remind people, alienation, state alienation requires that if you take a park and do anything other than a park use, you have to go to the state for permission. So the appellate division said that even if it was not a park use, but if it had a community purpose, that they thought it would be allowable. And that's a brand new interpretation of the state alienation law. Because under that theory, for example, you could go take a park and build a school in it because the school would have a community purpose. So right now, we are going to appeal this case to the highest court in New York, which is the Court of Appeals, on the basis that they are violating the existing precedent and, in fact, trying to establish new precedent in regards to alienation.
0: Is the city going to try and make it a moot point?
3: Well, the city tomorrow morning, and we invite all your listeners and anybody who loves East River Park, we are going to assemble tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m. at the amphitheater, which most people who are familiar with the park would know it's in the lower part near Grand Street. Um, And the city is going to attempt to close the park tomorrow morning south of basically houston street and start work um we hope that um we can delay that and we will be going back into court in the next day or so um seeking a new temporary restraining order uh based on the fact as i said that the uh, appellate division is developing new law and hope that we can get a new temporary restraining order till the court of appeals has an opportunity to rule on this case.
0: Tommy Loeb is with East River Park Action. And finally, the 2021 Holberg debate on identity politics was held yesterday, featuring Professor Judith Butler, Cornell West, journalist Glenn Greenwald and others on the issue of identity politics. Glenn Greenwald, who is in a same-sex marriage and raising several people of color in Brazil, said he opposes the identity politics concept because he feels identity is a weapon used against people outside of mainstream culture.
1: What do we mean by identity politics? And to me, it is one of those terms that eludes any precise definition, any sort of platonic form. It reminds me a lot of the words terrorism or even political labels like liberal and conservative. They kind of mean everything and they mean nothing. And they sort of get defined through their functionality rather than as, as fixed terms, making them a little bit elusive to discuss. Now I have not just a same-sex marriage, but an interracial marriage, an interracial family in a country where systemic racism is a problem. The idea of combating those sorts of injustices that are based on demographic identity and group membership, to me, is not identity politics. It's what Judith said earlier. It's identity politics that have fostered those injustices. The idea that heterosexuals have rights that gay people don't, that... White people have privileges and are expected to be treated a certain way that non-white people don't. Combating that to me is not identity politics, combating that to me is, is warring against identity politics. This kind of tribalistic notion of justice that some groups are entitled to rights and privileges to which other groups are denied.
0: Journalist Glenn Greenwald, Judith Butler is Maxine Elliott professor in the Department of Comparative Literature and the Program of Critical Theory at the University of California, Berkeley. She says identity politics has problems, but maybe it's the only way for some folks to be heard.
2: Glenn has also given us now a way of thinking about this. Neoliberal corporations are using multiculturalism or the rainbow flag or even Black Lives Matter as logos to signal or advertise their inclusivity but they are still engaged in exploitation and extractivism in in other Mm -hmm. ways of destroying our planet but then there's an issue which cornell has raised and which we might also think about in terms of the history of black feminism, which is whose lives have been degraded or whose lives have been effaced? Whose perspective has not been heard or not included? Like, what difference would it make, I would ask, to to have a woman of color here? Now, you might say, oh, that's identity politics, but maybe not.
0: And that's Judith Butler, professor at Department of Comparative Literature at the University of California, Berkeley. Harvard professor Cornell West says identity politics is wrong because he claims it doesn't empower the very people who are facing discrimination.
7: You can talk about the suffering of other people without being a member of that group. You can have a deep concern without being a member of that group. So you're right about what kind of person it would be, in that sense, and be able to make sure there's a variety of voices. I mean, that's what the Negro national anthem is, the black people lift every voice, not echo. We don't want extensions of echo chambers. We want quality voices, right? But quality voices is not reducible to one social position. It just isn't. If we end up fetishizing diversity, then we end up with just a counting game. That's the last thing we want. How do we cultivate the capacity of the species to to avoid self-destruction given ecological catastrophe? That's a needful question. I don't care what color you are, I don't care what gender or sexual orientation you are. We don't have a planet that doesn't make a whole lot of difference what what, what identity you have. How do we cultivate the capacity to preserve the best of democratic experiments that put poor and working people at the center because we live in neo-fascist times? How do you fight off Despair and despondency and self-violation and self-destruction. Because we live in dim and grim and bleak times. Or you might want to go back to sleep. <laughs> like If you stay woke forever, you're gonna suffer from insomnia.
0: And that's Harvard Professor Cornell West. And that's some of the news for Sunday, December 5th, 2021. The news is produced by Linda Perry, our engineer's Max Schmid. From New York City, I'm Paul DiRienzo. Thanks for listening.